Your conversation with your lead has been going great, but you've hit a wall. There's been a price objection. So what should you do now in order to close the sale? We have some tips and tricks for you on today's episode. Welcome to Built to Scale, the only podcast that provides weekly quick, actionable, and effective tips for home services companies like yours. Let's start increasing your leads, boosting sales, and scaling your business, starting now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Built to Scale, the show where we help you grow faster, smarter, and stronger. I'm here with my co-host, Rogelio Rodriguez. Rod, how are you today? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Now, let me ask you, do you have an objection about what we're going to be speaking on today? No, no. (laughs) I I love objections. They're the first step in in a sale. It's true. Yeah. And I think this is common. And even if you don't want to admit it happens, it happens. And that's okay. Admitting it is the first step. There's always going to be those customers that are going to push back on price when it comes down to negotiating the final sale. So we're going to jump in and talk to you about tips and tricks on how to be able to bridge that gap effectively. So Rod, again, you've been in the trenches in sales for over a decade. I know you've dealt with price objections. You know, right from the top, tell me about what are the most common price objections that you've seen happen with people in the home services industry? Where do most of these objections come from? What's the source? Yeah, I think there's a misunderstanding between the the price that the customer has in their mind and the value that they're getting, right? Hmm. That's usually like there's a, a gap. That's what I typically find in terms of in the home services field, what uh, is is a possible reason why why they're not moving forward? Because right, they they don't understand like that. You know, you may pay ten twenty percent more for a company, but that company is going to be be doing a lot more for you in the terms of like they'll cover your furniture, they'll clean up after your after they leave, all those things, right? So I, I think there's misconceptions that customers build over time about price that. They don't take into consideration, right? Because they're they're looking at like their total outgo, <clears throat> and then oftentimes I think price is also shaped by their conversations with the competition, right? Hmm. If they have a, a meeting with a comp- with a competition and that comp- competitor happens to be lowballing price, right, or or barely making a margin, that may set you up for somebody t- coming to you and telling you, "Hey, look, you're." you're way higher than the last guy. Like, you know, what is that? Like if it's a, I mean, if it's a good open conversation with the customer, they're going to ask you why, and that'll give you an opportunity to explain your value, right? The fact that you calculate the margin so that you can pay pay your guys fairly so that you can attract the best installers in the industry so that you can invest in, in the right tools and the right, all all the right instruments that you need to, to get the job done, right? Like, the best screws to install the windows, the best <clears throat> caulking to seal the windows, right? So that you don't get in water intrusion. All of those things have a cost and there's also a value added because they're using the best tools. They're using the best equipment. They're using their safety considerations. They're taking care of your furniture, right? So that really, to me, any price objection is an opportunity for you to differentiate your company. And 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 get real clear and of understanding of like what value you actually bring to the table versus a competitor. 
Do you think that it's worth for a company to go back and look at their consultation and their education process? If there's a lot of objections based on prices, does that mean that something was missed in the education part of the conversation? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think definitely, you know, when, when you do get an objection like this, it's really an opportunity for you. To me, it's, it's, a, it's like recognizing a buying signal, right? there. Hmm. That's what the price objection is, right? Because they're still... They're they're looking for you to provide them a reason to buy, right? Right in that in that objection. So mm-hmm. that's why it's it's super important. You got you have to like listen actively and and probe deeper into what 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 it means, right? Because like you don't know if they spoke to a to a a competitor that you know undershot the price. Right. You don't know whether they understand the difference between. <clears throat> their budget constraints and the perceived value of what, what they're getting as well. Right. Right. Because there, there are options, right. In the, in a case where like you, if you, if you dive deeper into the conversation and start asking them, you know, what, what they value the most, right. Like it, it may be that they're, they're more focused on the price, but they but you can provide them an option, maybe a, a different window brand that may help meet that price barrier. Right. So if that's the most important thing, right? If the most important thing is efficiency, then obviously like they, they need to consider, okay, like, do you, you want the budget or you want low E, right? Like to increase the efficiency in the home. So like, but you're not going to get there until like you real, you, you really figure out how to effectively communicate based on the questions that you ask. Right. So sure. And I want to dive into that a little bit deeper, Rod, because that's a great point you just made. How do I effectively communicate the value? of what I'm bringing to the table when they're stuck on price. I think a lot of it has to do with highlighting the unique selling propositions, right? That you, that you have, what, what makes the difference in the way that you install the way that you choose the right team members, right. To, to do those, those important installations, Mm -hmm. the way that you care for their home as, as, as much as they would. Right. And, and, and keeping it clean and keeping it organized. All those things are, are different, unique selling points that some companies have, some companies don't. Right. And I think that'll differentiate you. Right. When, when it comes to, to price, we have a client that has a, a unique element to it. Right. They add. They they want their customers to save as much money as they can. Here in Florida, when when you upgrade to Impact Windows, there's often a discount that happens off your insurance. So what right. that client does as part of their unique selling proposition is that they'll give you a free wind mitigation inspection. So that with that wind mitigation inspection from a certified inspector, that actually provides you a, a medium for which to go to your insurance company and get a discount. Sometimes 10, 15, 20, 30% off yeah. your your yearly cost of insurance. So like things like that, right? Being being having that clarity and transparency and communication is 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 super important, but like you have to communicate it at each step, re- recognizing that like look, it, it's a it's a price objection and they're looking for you to to really clarify, right? Clarify what what your value is. Yeah. I've seen some companies try and use bundles or packages as a way to overcome price objections. What's your advice on using those? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like the, the more value you bring, the the better it is, right? I think like I've seen companies offer vacations with the purchase of <laughs> right of 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 
of windows and doors or a window door package, like there's also maybe like, you know, a, a leave behind, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of things that like you can do to just add more value. Right. I mean, we mentioned the, the wind mitigation inspection. We mentioned the possible vacation, right. The offer. If, if, if there's an incentive, right. That you can, you can do, you can add there, you know, it, there, there may be some pitfalls there, right? Like in, in terms of like, you, you got to look at your cost as well, because there is going to be a cost to you incurred by offering these, these extra uh, incentives or even bundling a package, right? Like if you're, if you're discounting it, you got to keep your eyes on, on your margin as well to be able to make sure that it's a, it's a viable, it's a viable both for the customer, but also for, for the company. Right? You don't want to put yourself in a bad position where you're negative on a project. So, Rod, I also want to talk to you a little bit about how do you get a better feel for the budget your lead has up front? Sometimes, you know, that information won't come out until later on in the conversation. And you don't know that you're trapped in kind of this, this price only sort of negotiation. So do you have any advice or tactics that you use to help salespeople understand how they can, can approach the budget conversation more upfront? to be able to figure out how to pivot properly? Yeah, I, I think like you got to work with what a realistic budget is, right? I mean, there, there's, a, there's every now and then there's a, there's a disconnect between what the, what the customer thinks the, 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 the right amount of money is to spend and the actual amount of money that needs to be spent, right? Yeah. On, on, on replacing whatever item it is, right? So I, I you, you have to, probe effectively you have to ask questions you know okay how did you come up with that budget you know if, if the budget is like low or whatever just try to break down into the different elements that make up the budget right how did you come up with that idea of that budget or or has anybody else given you pricing that's similar have you found other companies that are pricing that that the the package at that amount or i would even ask like in some cases you you can help them right like hey like help them put the budget together based on your understanding of the industry right help aligning the solution to the customer's budget itself obviously like it's a fine line right you want you want to understand as much as possible without prying open too much right like you you want to just make sure that you're doing the best for the customer and at the same time it's it's the best for the for the company as well and and the way you do that is just making sure that there's alignment between the two part education part questioning to to get to just a a one solution between both entities it's a tough line to walk because if you edge more towards the side of constantly going back to price points or budget the customer may feel like you're just out to try and get as much money out of them as possible. And that leans back to the other side, Rod. Trust is really important. Building trust with a lead to be able to close a sale and make them feel like, you know, you're doing right by them. What would you recommend in terms of being able to foster trust and build that with the lead over time? What are some key tips and tricks that you have for that? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's, Every single touch point is an opportunity for you to build trust, right? Yeah. And and explain to the customer, or not explain, but like just educate the customer on how you work, right? How much honesty you have, how much transparency you have. It's really about becoming a, a trusted advisor to them, right? You're somebody that has extensive experience in in your industry and in home services, 
So you know about homes and you know a lot about like what value there is in, in certain up, upgrades, right? Or if we're talking about windows and doors, I mean, like the salesperson should be that that go-to person where the person, the, the, the customer spends, uses them as a resource to make educated decisions, right? You can also increase the, the trust and the perceived value through the communication that you have before they even sit down with the salesperson, right? Hmm. Like all the email communication. So let's say like a lead comes in, the call center calls them, they explain to them, hey, like this is the this is the way that we, we run our appointments. We need both husband and wife to be there or all the decision makers to be in, in the meeting. Explain to them also who is going to attend that meeting, right? If, if, if there's connection between there's an introduction between the call center and the salesperson that adds to the trust that that individual already has coming in the door, right? That salesperson, because they were already properly introduced. You can send an email confirmation that saying, okay, look, if, if the, if the sales, the call center assigns Carlos, for example, to go to that meeting and they confirm it, an email can go out with Carlos's picture so that they know that that's the person that, that's coming to, right? I mean, I can't tell you the horror stories where like this doesn't happen. And then you end up with a customer who's like, who are you? Show me your ID. You're wired. What are you doing in my house? You know, like all these like crazy horror stories from, from salespeople around the, around the customers that we work with yep. where they're there. That's already, you're walking into, into a situation where there is no trust. The perceived value is zero. They're almost like scared <laughs> that the salesperson's there, right? Because mm-hmm. it was there was no proper introduction, no confirmation, no 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 transparency and honesty throughout the process. So that that creates friction, which can be avoided by just communicating effectively throughout the the process. Let's shift gears over to talking about competitors, Rod. How do you deal with that one company? There's always one in every region that undercuts you on price. Either they're like a large volume seller and they can afford to come in underneath you. Maybe they're doing cut rate products where, you know, they're not communicating that these are really cheap, you know, products to the customer. How do you deal with that one company that's always undercutting you on price? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously you have to bring the competition to on, on value rather than price, right? Mm. What you offer is, is much better as a service, as, as, as a deliverable itself, right? Because you don't want to be, it's like going after prices, like a race to the bottom. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then True. like, you gotta think you gotta, and if you look at the companies that have the highest reviews, they don't have the lowest price usually. Right. Good point. The, the items, the, the things that we buy that have the best reviews are usually moderate to high priced, right? People's perceived value of it, of price, of the price being higher, you get a better, better deal is, is, is just ingrained in us, I think. And you have to be able to, you know, you have to be able to reposition your brand in the face of the, those cheaper competitors because, like, more than likely, I mean, if, Anything that I see that like has like half priced whatever, half priced roof, half priced you know like <laughs> solutions that are that in that field of like the lowest price possible, mm-hmm. usually don't have great reviews right from customers, and and that's more than likely because they they undercut so much that they're not able to do all those 
all those different small things that matter in the end to a lot of people, right? Like it's like choosing an airline, man. I mean, if you fly Delta, it's a different experience than flying, you know, Frontier. Or Spirit. <laughs> or Spirit. <laughs> right. I mean, like, obviously they have their customers. There are customers out there that like, it doesn't matter what, they will go for price. And that's mm-hmm. fine. That may not be your customer. Just be aware, right? You, you you have ability to walk away from it too, if it doesn't make sense. So, yeah. How do you deal with the phrase, I need to think about it? Because we hear that from customers a lot too. So how do you pivot away from that price objection? No, I think it's about diving deeper once again and asking, you know, the, the right questions. You know, I don't, I don't think, stay away from like, what do you need to think about, right? That's maybe too direct. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I think you have to ask more like, you know, may I ask, you know, what, 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 what's going to be different tomorrow? You know? And then, and then like, they usually go into thinking about like, yeah, what, what is going to be different tomorrow? Like, you, you got to make them think, right? It's an open-ended question that makes them think through in their minds, right? Like, or creating an offer, a sense of urgency also, you can find an offer that allows you to perhaps take advantage of, of something that is ending at the end of the month, right? I, I, we see that a lot with customers in the software space, apply the same the same techniques, right? Like, oh, you know, it's the end of the month and we need to sell and there's this $500 credit that you're, you're not going to get, you know, tomorrow or, yep. or the day after that, that, that could be a piece of it. And then like, obviously if, if like you're not able to close it right then and there, or on that one call close, follow up is key, right? I think I saw a statistic just in, in contract in general, there's an 8% increase in converting conversion rate on leads that use automated follow-up, right? To, to on companies that use automated follow-up to follow up with their leads that don't close on the first call. So there's still an opportunity there, right? Like there's a lot of companies that like they they'll do the demo and they'll walk away and then not follow up ever again. But that customer may still like you. They may still want to do business with you. They weren't just they weren't ready to do it at that time. Right. That's true. So following up is key to making sure you increase your converting your conversions. And I would say too, if you're new to the show or you haven't listened to any of our recent episodes, we have talked about the benefits of automating the communication process and how you can start doing that. So I'll include some links in the show notes. So if you're interested in inserting some automation into your lead follow-up, we can help you with that. And we have some tips and tricks that can do that for you. So Rod, okay. So we've talked about how to deal with the competitor that undercuts you on price. We talked about how to deal with, I need to think about it. Let's also talk about using discounts and promotions. We talked about bundling, but offering straight up discounts is another tactic. But a lot of times I think salespeople feel like if I use a discount, then I'm devaluing my own process, my own service. Mm-hmm. How can you use discounts effectively without coming across as undercutting your own value? Yeah, I think you have to set clear terms and conditions for the discounts themselves, right? It could be a friends and family discount. So like you, you're, it's tied to a, a relationship that you have, you know, like, or using promotions as a tool for cross-selling or upselling, I think are, are very important as well. And then timing. I think I, I alluded to it earlier, right? End of the month promotions, end of the quarter promotions, end of the year promotions, holiday promotions. There's so many different elements where you can 
take advantage of these opportunities to help. That's a good point, Rod. I want to finish with one question and look at the inverse of this. So we're talking about how to deal with price objections, right? Yeah. What at what point should business owners look at if they're constantly getting price objections if they're coming in at the right price point? Because I think there can be hesitancy to raise prices sometimes or even lower them if we're getting like the same response from customers. So what would be your recommendation for business owners who are thinking about should I look at raising my prices? Should I look at adjusting my my presentation in terms of what I'm offering the customer? How do you know when it's the right time to take a second look at that? I I mean, my advice is to not be the lowest priced. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not be the lowest price. You're going to lose in the long run, right? Like there's implications of underpricing that maybe we may not think about when we're doing it, right? Because we want the business. We want to get the business. We want to close it. We want to look at maybe like a, a volume play here for the business. But I'll give you an example. You know, we had a client that was selling a million dollars a month, right? In in home services. And that particular client, and, and they were doing, I think like 80, 80 deals, 80, 80 transactions to hit a million dollars in, in, in revenue. The following year, right? Like there was a refocus on how it was, how the, the product was priced effectively to maintain a certain level of profitability. Because although he sold a million dollars, the margin wasn't there. So when there were issues that happened, challenges faced on a project, it was quick to the money, the money that was calculated for the margin was gone because his, he did not calculate property, right? It wasn't like, it wasn't baked into the price of, of it, of like, there could be a 10 to 14%, like <clears throat> just extra cost just from issues that you don't realize, right? Like cutting the concrete incorrectly or, you know, using it, longer inspection times or the cost of keeping the actual product in your warehouse longer than you expected because you don't have, you're missing a piece, right? You're missing something to, to be able to install it. Like there's so many other issues that like could eat up instantly. I mean, like within, within two months, you could be negative on a project because you're, you're holding on, right? You, you can't install it. Yet. Right. It, it's just like those holdover costs can get incredibly damaging to, to the business. So this particular client, the, the following year, he did like 35 deals and they were still a million dollars. He increases price, right? He increases price. He added the right margin in there. But now, even if a project is delayed two, three months, he still has a buffer, right? To be able to cover that and not go back to the client and say, oh, you need to pay me more money now because your project's taking longer than I thought, right? I, I think like communicating that price, may, maybe not going, you can't go back obviously to the, the clients you already sold. But community, communicating the price to new customers as it's, it can even be leveraged, right? Hey, prices are going up next quarter because whatever, whatever, like buy now before you, before the prices go up, right? But communicating to existing clients, even if it is, I mean, in some cases you have to go back to the client and tell them that it's going to be a little bit, a little bit more, right? You always have to like balance that profitability with that competitive positioning, right? Like 
but I would never, I would never battle for price ever. It's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it because you're, you're not going to have enough margin. Like one, obviously the overall, the health of the business is going to suffer. The health of your, the quality of the employee that you can hire is going to suffer, right? The overall delivery of the, of the service is also going to suffer because you're not able to maintain the, the standards because you're, you're trying to race to the lowest price possible. Something's going to have to get cut, right? Like in yeah. spirit, you, like you don't get drinks or snacks or nothing. I mean, anything probably prepare for, pay for oxygen, right? <laughs> so <laughs> like we're having oxygen now, so you have to pay for it. Yeah. You know? Something like that. It's going to be, it's going to be a difficult experience for both you and the company. If you don't have an understanding of what, what your price needs to be, right? And then focus on selling value. Excellent points, Red. And, you know, for our business owners who are listening to this and they're thinking, okay, I need to make an adjustment to my lead generation process because we're getting stuck at this point in the conversation. What can Go Risen offer window and door companies, people in the home services space who are struggling with being able to close deals, especially when they hit these prices? Yeah, no, I mean, we could do a lot. There's, right, like, I, I think we have to look at what KPIs are you measuring because then we can diagnose based on that KPI, right? If you're, let's say if you're generating a certain amount of leads and you're not hitting 30% of those leads are not converting into <clears throat> into appointments and then 70% of those appointments are, are, are not hitting issued and then 70% of those appointments aren't getting demoed, then if those numbers are off, right, in, in the funnel, like we can assess where you're actually going wrong, right? Because it, it, it could be, the price usually comes up on the demo conversion. Right. So if like you're noticing that you're not hitting 30% of the, of the people that you, that you do the demonstration with don't convert, there's an issue that, that, that right there is like, that's where you're probably getting the, the price objection, right. In the, in the demonstration itself. And once you have that understanding, there's ways to fix that, right? Like there's coaching for your salespeople. There's adjustments to the pitch. There's maybe even the way that you present the, the solution uh, can be updated uh, we do we feel free to to book a call with us actually we have really like an audit of your business conversation and understanding like how your business is functioning and we can give you advice on how to how to fix those issues it, there's no it's not like it's not like a traditional sales call feel free to there's no obligation to buy our service but we're happy to help determine what that is and then if we can help we'll, we'll make an offer and see how we can help. I'll make sure to include that link in the show notes for people who are interested. Rod, thanks for taking the time to come by and talk about price objections with the audience today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeff.